0: So, uh, our third speaker, Baruch Hashem, I think uh, for most of us, needs no introduction. Um, for, certainly for us here at the OU Center needs no introduction. Roshola Katz is, uh, we know a great light of the Jewish people, both through his teaching, through his inspirational music, and we have the great fortune not only of uh, having him as part of the team here, so to speak, at the Uzo center, whatever we call him. But uh, Groshel and I have been friends uh, for 20 years, or anything at this point. Rabbi Aaron. Yeah, Rabbi Aaron. Through Rabbi Aaron, actually. We met at one of Rabbi Aaron's retreats. We came to teach one of the retreats that Rabbi Aaron ran. <laughs> and uh, Baruch HaShem is a 20-year friendship that has uh, sustained itself across continents that we're both here at Baruch HaShem. And uh, it's a great school. To welcome my my dearest friend, my brother John yeah. Wow,
1: okay. Mm. I another everyone to shoot my parents that are here. Most importantly, the my wife was here and everyone here is family. Please like family
2: for me, so. I just made Aliyah because of you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're in big trouble. <laughs> oh. oh,
1: yeah, and you've been sending me messages, wow.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, 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 you know what? We gotta, just
1: for that, we gotta sing you a on the start right now.
2: Wow. Shabu bani, nishabu bani, The shagovani, the shahovovanin, the shagovani, linguna, welcome home, welcome home, amazing. Wow.
1: Talk, talk about an intro, I should take you everywhere for that <laughs> What are you doing? Wow, prelaka, oh, that's amazing. Okay, I know it's late already, and I really just want to explain a, a, a song. I think that's uh, that's the only thing I really, uh, not only the only thing I I, I want to do is I think it's the only thing that I'm capable of doing on a night like tonight, on such a very very special and different night. It's like a, one night that's different from the whole year. Gimel Elul, the 83rd night of of the Kohen Adam. Saying this very, like, uh, not to sound politically correct or anything other than just what I feel. Like, I'm very, very humbled to be here. Extremely. I can't thank you enough, for, my dear Chabri Ramsan, for putting this together and for asking me to come and share my heart a little bit. Every word of Torah that was shared tonight, from the previous rabbin who spoke from such a real place, reminded me. So much of something that I think that anyone that grew up in the in a certain yeshiva system in Eretz Yisrael probably experienced. I'll try to explain what I mean by that. Um, Like Rabbi Aaron had a thing that was he mentioned before, kind of like he was. He he, only want to say this because he said it anti-rabbi cook. we grew up, I grew up in a certain high school that Rav cook was given over on the level of uh, science and biology and math. It was taking Torahs of Etzachayim and trying somehow through that through the Tree of Knowledge, to decipher what Rav cook was saying. And tonight we had the privilege of hearing from to Godolin, that it's, it's clear that they, they had had to cry over what they taught. Not that they learned it and they understood it, and therefore, okay, now I'm going to give it over to you. <coughs> Certain times in this world, they cannot be taught unless they're first cried over. So when you hear years of Rav Cook, especially in your high school years, where everything was kind of like going in and out. I feel an incredible debt of Akarasatov. Satov. I feel like it's an absolute chinam that I have mainly two teachers that were able to reintroduce Rav Cook to me in a manner that, in a way, that uh, pierced my neshama, continues to do so all the time. And I'm referring to Rabbi Shlomo Kavach and my Rabbi who's in New York right now, Rabbi Moshe Weinberger from Esh in, in Woodmere, New York. And um, when I'm trying to explain to myself what it is that I sense when you go into the heart and soul of Vav Kok, and I try to understand what is the Meshicha, what is the drawing? What is it? A lot of people talk about uh, about Israel. There are a lot of friends that talk about Tikkun as well. But what is it about Rav Kuk that's just so different? It's mamash, like, there's everybody, Kulam Kidoshim, Kulam Giborim, Kulam Chachamim, Kulam Nevonim, and then there's Rav Kuk. What, what, what is that? So I think, before we learn this little piece that you have in front of you, we'll try to win together. I think that the two following illustrations will help me try to express a little bit of my neshama on this very special night and this very special makom. Every time that I would ask myself what the Meshicha is, I always got the same exact answer. Till today. I always get the same exact response in my heart and in my mind, which is very rare that it happens simultaneously, that the same thing is going on. But I always get the same answer. Every time we learn a piece of Rav Kook, every time we hear one of his stories, the first thing that comes to mind are my children. I always immediately feel and sense, in the strongest way possible, I want my children to have the eyes of Rav Kook. I want my children to be able to look at Eretz Yisrael, the world, not just Eretz Yisrael, the whole world, Jews and non-Jews, weather, nature, every holiday, every biblical figure, through the lens of Rav Kook. But that doesn't powder me, that doesn't exempt me from the next stage, which is, uh, I kind of have to do that myself too, right? It's not just enough to say, I want that, you know. So it pushes me in a non-threatening way to attempt to truly integrate everything that we've been learning tonight and all the majestic beauty that that came out of the tzaddik's words, of his mouth, of his holy mouth. Two specific things that, when I think about my children, and I'm reminded, what is it all about? This is one very important one. And when I learned this story, it's brought down in this very, very important sefer called Mo'adei <laughs> written by Reb Moshe Tzvi compiled by Reb Neriya about Purim, Purim in Yerushalayim with Rav Kuk. Purim night with Rav Kuk in Yerushalayim, just a few blocks away from here. After Nikram Megillah, after Megillah reading, the Chachamim of Yerushalayim would come to Rav Kuk's tish, and there was a, a tzlochit. I don't know how you say tzlochit. Like some kind of, what? Like a saucer. Saucer, yeah. By the way, whenever we learn Rav Kuk, I, I, like, I say the words, how do you say this, about 25 times during this year. I'm probably going to do now again. Yeah, like once you pass through the barrier of the language, it's just uh, then things things start to just open up. But anyway, Rav Kook passed around this little bowl of yain, and everyone had kapiot. Everyone had spoons, little spoons, and each of the Chachamen would take a little little spoonful of wine. They wouldn't chug down their wines. Mm-hmm. Little spoonful of wine, little little nichnas yain. And Rav Cook as well. Whenever he, he, he had it uh, a, a, like a bowl by him as well. And then Rav Cook, the Purim Dicker Rav Cook, the Pnini Pnini Rav Cook, who probably had to hide the following throughout the year, would lash out and say, "Okay, all you Yuchachanim in the room, I challenge each and every one of you right now. I challenge you." to bring me any quote from anywhere in the Tanakh, anywhere in the Mishnah, any quote of the Gemara, anywhere from the Rishonim, the Achronim, the Zohar, the Sifri Musar, the Baalei chasidus I challenge each and every one of you, pull me any makor from anywhere you want, and I will prove to you, based on what you just brought up, that there's a chil for the mitzvah of Abbas Yisrael. Mm, wow. Bring it on. <laughs> That's Rav Cook's part. I'm thinking we use so many different chazals to kind of justify. We I shouldn't say we. Some some of us do to be able to exclude certain groups of people that we don't have to love them. <laughs> And here Av. Cook is saying, bring it from anywhere, and I will prove to you. He said, I'll prove to you based on halachic analysis that there's a of mitzvah saying to love every Jew. That's why I want my children to live. That's the world I want my children, that's the lens I want my children to have when they're learning Torah. I, I should also be privileged one day to have it. And the other concept, which is very much connected to what we'll say in Tonah tonight, was a the famous letter I, I learned from many years ago I was transcribing and teaching the Shlomo Kamach. And he was explaining himself for a little bit and how he was relating to the hippie generation in the 60s in San Francisco. And he said, he quoted a letter that Rav Cook wrote to his son, Rav Tzvi Hudas, and he and he warned his son, who was, would also one day go out and meet the world and be in touch with many different Jews, he wasn't accustomed to sitting with new people, new world. And he told his son, he said, remember, you're going to meet a lot of different people who, so to speak, speak in the name of Hashem. And you know the famous Pesach in Azino. It says, Ki Shem Hashem Havu what what's the Pshat in that? Because it's not exactly the Pshat, but it's of Kudosh Pshat, right? Ki Shem Hashem Ekra that when I speak in the name of God or when I call out to God I make Hashem bigger not literally because you can't do that but you make the consciousness of Hashem wider and greater in the world and he said to his son be very very careful you're going to be hearing a lot of people speaking in the name of Hashem but when they speak it's Kishem Hashem ekra, they make Hashem seem so small They make the concept of God seem so shallow. And I pray that my children and that whole generation, and all of us as well, the more we get in touch with the Torah, the more that our concept of Hashem becomes deeper, bigger, and that we can have some chedek in this concept called greatness, making Hashem's name greater in the world. So really, the love affair that we're experiencing right now—I'm uh, part of a beautiful, wonderful, extremely exciting community in a frat of chaver that I really—I would call us mm-hmm. Want? They just want more. Want more. And what Rav Cook has been doing with our shemones has been the greatest matnasinam—an you know, unearned, undeserved gift from shemaim. So what are we? What are we going to do right now, in honor of our children? I mentioned before Rav Moshe Weinberger. Uh, those of you that, that aren't familiar with him, there are four or five volumes, I think four are out. The fifth is the last one. Uh, four volumes out of Rav Weinberger's perush um, on Rav Kutz Orot It was eight years of classes given in Woodbury, New York, on a Friday morning. I was privileged to be in many of them. And Rav, Kuk, uh, Rav Weinberger, in this very unique manner, combining many different worlds, Many different worlds came over his lush, his town of Rafcook in such a beautiful, pristine, and unique way. And you can get these online, you can buy them. The, I think Orion Publications is the one that published it. So it was his 60th birthday last June. Last, I think it was May, these, these things usually happen, like, right, happen right away. It was either late April or May. One of his top, former, not former, one of his early students who now lives in Israel, dear friend of mine lives here in Rechavia, Shmuel Septimus, he wanted to make a little bit of a gift for Rav Weinberger. So I have the privilege, myself, and a few of the other, uh, a few of the Mamish real, Heligen, Meshoririn, the poets at Am Yisrael today, the musicians, Chaim David, Yosef Carduna, my brother in New York, Eitan Katz, we, um, he he reached out to a few of us, this Shmuel, and said, "What well, can we? You want to write a song for a Weinberger, record a nigun, or, or uh, take one of his favorite nigunim and and record them." So I started thinking for said, "Wow, what an honor! Tremendous! When when can we do it? Oh well, you have to do it in two weeks." I go, "Okay." Anyway, he comes back about a week later, or three four days later, and says, "Listen." Open your email. Check your email. I just sent you something. It's a document, and it's a song. It's a it's a poetry. It's a song that Rav Cook wrote. That is very, very, very dear to Rabbi's heart. In fact, it's the first piece that he himself saw from Rav Cook many years ago. You think there's any way that you know you could write a song with with those words? So before even looking at it, I told him no, because. I don't even understand what half the words mean in Hebrew. I'm not going to write a song of it. He said, just, just look at it, bless you. And um, he sent this song, and the words, Mamash, caught me, like when the Rav Nazir met Rav Kook, that famous meeting Rav Nazir, Rav David Akkoin, whose Yortzeh was just Av last week. When he met Rav Kook, he describes that, he says, Nehepachti li not even when he met him, but when he heard the way Rav Cook would say the, mm-hmm. the Pasha HaAkeidah before Shacharis, he said, I heard the way he said parsha HaAkeidah before Pesuket de Zemr by Korbanus. He says, Nehepachti li'ishachert the language from Shaul I became a different person. I looked at the words that he sent me, the words that are in front of me. If you could look at this. We'll learn it together. Mishore la tshuva, Dakar. Poet of tshuva, have you been born yet? And the question that many people have tried to figure out is who is Rilkook speaking to? Poet of tshuva, have you been born yet? These are Rilkook's words. And if in the heavens your soul is still held in the bond of life, mehera reda, come down, descend, come down fast. Veorei awaken your harp or violin, but really here, I think the reference is more. Awaken your heart. (coughs) All those whose hearts are oppressed and crushed, they will hear what you have to say. (coughs) All of the uncircumcised in spirit will pay attention that means to the symphony, to the orchestra of your music they will return and they will finally be alive again and I read this learned this, cried right over these words a few times to try to understand just again on p'sha what it's talking about and then go a little bit deeper and say, who is Rav Kook speaking to? Meshoreh Is he talking to himself? Because if there was any Meshoreh HaTshuva in the last hundred years, I mean, this Sefer, Orota Chuva, comes onto the scene 1925, right, ten years before Rav Kook passes away. No one ever saw anything like before. Rav Shalom said about Tshuva. he said, you know, Rav Kook learned, digested, and And davened over every single piece of of, of literature that we have in our nusach on tshuva, through all the rishonim, all the achronim, he breathed the rambam, ratzalia gaon, shari tshuva, rabbi miyona, Igerza tshuva of the alderleben. He learned it all and davened over it and cried over it. Ibanos shalom. How do I bring the concept of tshuva to be so much less threatening and more what it really is? an extension of a hand from above, saying, Come with me. And like taking a fruit, all of that became a fruit, he then squeezed the fruit of all that learning, davening and crying over the concept of tshuva, squeezed it, and the juice that came out, came out in the 17 monumental chapters of Orot HaTshuva. And you learn the Hakdama of Orot HaTshuva. We try to learn it every year, in we we'll, have we'll cooked rice over there, Basically, more or less, this is something I've been obsessed with since I'm a little kid. The Rebbe, the last Rebbe, the last Rebbe, said the same thing about himself regarding the concept of Geula, of Mashiach. Since he's a little kid, the concept of redemption was something that was always, always in his mind and in his heart. And we've cooked the same thing when it comes to the concept of Teshuvah. So who is Rav Kuk referring to over here when he says, Mishur HaTshuva? So this is just a little bit of what I've learned over the years in my own interpretation. There's no halacha olamayseh here. Hopefully there's libalamayseh here. Hopefully there's really a heart that's going to you know, be opened. Rav Kuk is speaking to the Mishur HaTshuva, whoever that is, and he's asking each and every one of us, To ask yourself a crucial question, do you think you are artistic? Do you believe that you have anything to offer? Or have you come to the conclusion that since someone told you, your your, your teacher in grade school told you, you over there, move to the back of the choir line, you you know, your voice is better when it's in the back really telling you you you're tone deaf, right? Do you not believe, are you simply in disbelief that you have anything to offer? That you have something to share? That there's something inside of you that can come out with all its majesty in the form of a song, in the form of art, in the form of literature, in any of the forms that Rav Kook was so big on? Like we know, B'chosh so much from his students describing who he was, And we have endless amounts from him sharing his soul. Rav Kook is saying, have you been born yet? What does it mean to be born yet according to this piece of Rav Kook? Have you been in touch with pain? And Rav Aaron just mentioned right now as he was saying it, I was so focusing on, 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 on this piece. It was incredible what he said. We are living in an age that the scariest thing about it is that we are way too easily distracted from our own pain, if we're in pain, if something's hurting us. So I run to, you know, I, I'm sure those of you that we learned before, what's, you know, we, we, we run to this, Rabbi Shlomo would call brother other side, right? Sitra, right? What's this sign over here? What's the sign of what's changed the whole world and made us run away from our hearts? What's this sign up here? not just an apple it's a bite in the apple it's it's pretty insane that this has become the symbolism of running away from our emotions yeah, beach, right? isn't that crazy <laughs> <laughs> from all the samsung and and cover here but really you know this really did change the game this really did change the game but what does it mean uh, on a deeper level the way I was explaining it uh, it, it, it really brought me to, the, to almost to tears, is that we identify pain as something that should be run away from. Flee from it. When be'emet, be'emet, be'emet. Pain is the greatest opportunity and greatest privilege. But there's a fine, there's a very fine line between pain which leads to melancholy and depression. And pain that leads to introspection and getting in touch with your inner qinor, with your inner heart. And that's already a whole other subject, which is not for tonight. I mean, it is for tonight, but... Oh, you close us soon. It's not, it's not... Tonight. It's for tonight, it's for every single day. But what Rav Kook is saying, and there's a phrase Rav Kook uses throughout his writings called Ometz HaLev, which means courageousness of the heart, when one is able to tune into the omits of the life, having a heart that's full of courage, that doesn't mean that you do things once you've stripped yourself away from any fear. It means you do it even with all the fear that you have. Remember, I was speaking to a great teacher, a friend of mine, a great teacher of Rav Kook, of Raz Harman, and, and I was talking to him about marriage and he said he doesn't understand why people think that they need to stop being scared in order to then get married. Why do we think that like you're supposed to not be fearful at all from basically making the greatest decision of your life? Ometz Halev means I turn into courage, which is a whole other parasha. I turn into having being a, curly, a courageous heart to do that which I know makes me vulnerable, which I know might even hurt at times. But Rav is saying to us something very, very important. And I believe he's saying, there are so many oppressed people. There's so much pain in the world there's so much confusion, there's so many people that it could be that their way back to the real ani, to themselves, to the sweetness of Torah, may be dependent on your niggun on what might come out from you being you, you doing you, you acting like you in this manner of going into your own heart, and come and look. I can say for myself, there are certain nigunim from Yosef Cardona, for example. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Yosef Cardona's nigunim, but the tshuva that comes out of his nigunim, I'm convinced some of those nigunim were written just for me, and I really feel this. I have many friends that feel exactly the same, right? Okay? And the hala the and this happens to those that are will that have done some what's called umaltem umaltem. You've circumcised the foreskin of your heart. You've gone to this place. The oppressed will hear the expression of your own broken neshama. To them, your thing sounds like a symphony. Your little kvetch, It was so hard, but now I'm finding a way back home. Wait a second, I I find myself in your words. How many of us have ever felt that a negun? and he's not only referring to the world of music here, the world, all artistic worlds, Remember, Rav had very interesting relationships with Chaim Nachman Bialik, with Brenner, with all and the, all the chev'n that had some kind of a, uh, an ability to express themselves. The every of us have felt that we heard someone's song, we saw someone's expression of, uh, through paint, we heard someone's poetry, and we feel like, wow, V'Sha'avu V'chaim, they gave us our life back. So look inside over here, there's a... I made one mistake here, one typo. The first Makor is not Perek Yud, it's Perek Chet, okay? Urod HaTshuva, Perek Chet it's the 8th chapter. The 10th tenth, the tenth paragraph in the 8th chapter, this is amazing. Hatsar ha-penini shel What is Hatsar ha-penini shel He's not talking here about feeling that you detest yourself, but when you start going inside, doing a little real deep inner, it's not in Nisan, any day of the year, but let's say right now in Eru, when it's for real, might be, this year I'm going to finish my Silas by Rosh Hashanah, and you don't, oh man, Okay, that's it Sarah. sorry so, panini is I started doing these photos every single day I started talking to Hashem about all those things that I've refrained I've kind of like, distanced myself from speaking about and we got so close but I kept on getting interrupted by other thoughts by whatever distractions there are and it hurts so much because I opened it up I opened something up you see, sometimes you, you go to a again. it's is not intended to say about anybody. I'm sure there are many therapists here that are doing or hakodesh. But sometimes you go to a you know you go to a therapist, and the whole thing is let's crack him open. Oh, sorry, we'll see you next week, right? You're like you're sitting there. I just finally opened my heart, and the next week comes and the therapist has to go to Hawaii, whatever it is, and you're stuck there. You have like, your heart's cracked open. Hatzar ha'pni mishe means. I begin to, to, to see what I've done to myself. I begin to see how much I've been missing the mark. And now what? What do I do with it? He says over here, This is great material. Homer Gadol to what's Hayagon to the poets of agony, angst. For what? Leha'irit Kinoram. If any of you have any of you seen documentaries of like Lahaf the Prathis Dills and Hashin Yam? We see like or Paul Simon, you see like what's the material that they use in order to to Leha'irit Kinoram? Right? Usually, not, usually things that aren't legal that, that they use. there right? Le'ha'ir et kimoram, right? Sometimes, right? saying, you're looking, you want to be an Amistak, a Jewish rocker, Jewish poet? Go there. It might hurt. Invite Hashem into that place. Say, I'm ready to feel this pain. Why? Because maybe thousands and thousands of Yiddin are waiting for the Nigon that will come out of me. How do I know? Maybe. This is the chomer of Cook's chomer gado. This is amazing material you could use for the most incredible album that you could ever dream of putting out. So because it's very late, and obviously I, you, know, you never end up doing everything you want to do. But the last two se'ifim over here are the last two paragraphs in Orota HaTshuva. In chapter 17, paragraph 5 and 6. And in these two paragraphs, Rav Cook is saying, like you see in both typing, Komi Lano Meshorera tshuva. We are waiting, a, a poet of Chuba will get up, will arise, who is he speaking about? He's speaking about the generation of the Hadotsim. Like Kook writes in the beginning of his Arota Chuva, he says, literature, safrut, hasn't yet really tapped into the power and beauty and majesty of Chuva. Not really yet. It's almost like two separate entities. Arts hasn't really been incorporated into the world of chuva yet. But once it does, look what he says after this t- bold typing. He'll be the poet of life. The poet of resurrection. He'll be the poet of the national soul that is about to become redeemed. So... I, I, what I would, what I would love to do is just off me sing this the end the obviously you know, it could I take these take this page home and, and, and to look into the whole paragraph here so I have to just admit that I never really I never wrote a song in Hebrew meaning I had the privilege of writing a fewigu that had there this governor or you know other other the valley to him and, you know, the psukim, this and that. This was a completely different, you know, thing for me. I, I never really um, thought I would, this would be a, a field for me, but w- really with the help of my wife, we were able to write uh, and even a song to these words of Meshoreh at And we eventually then surprised uh, of Weinberger and um, It was a very special 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 moment.
2: re nan chova Mera. Ya sino como de know me כי ככה חנחה יש לך קנפה אילורה יש לך קנפה אילורה קנפה אילורה עדים הבינים אל תכחש בה אין לך תלוש אותם they're very, very
1: to each other. Demand the wings that you have. But demand it. Demand it when you really feel like you need it. But you have to open your heart to really feel like you need it. You have to go to the place over here and there that Cook spoke about. At brings you to demand it. But the second that you really demand it you'll find it right away that people can find themselves in, expressions of our heart that people can find. And we should be able, Bezrat Hashem, to have the privilege of celebrating the Torah for the rest of our life.